on SAFM. We are going to move forward and I did say it's a double dose of disappointment because we are going to talk Proteas up next and we've got a former Protea, Mr. Dave Callahan, who's been kind enough to join us in our PE studios. Mr. Callahan, good evening, sir. Thank you for joining us. Good evening. A sad evening, I should say. It's a sad evening for all sports <laughs> all around. I'm very interested to find out what is Dave Callahan up to these days. Yeah, um, let me put it this way. It's sport. Okay, mm-hmm. so... It drives a lot of passion. Uh, we all want our teams to win. And, um, you know, we're going to have teams that are going to lose. And this is what we have these conversations about to try and get better all the time. Well, in my life, yeah, I am. Um, I work for Capitec Bank at the, uh, at the moment. Mm-hmm. Um, my wife has got an embroidery company. So I'm very active. I do coach a little bit of um, cricket at uh, the university. I've been coaching at Grey High School for a couple, number of years as well. So I've stayed involved, but sort of under the radar. I don't get involved in the too much in the Warriors side um, as coaching perspective. I sit on the board there of EP Cricket. Of EP Cricket. Okay. And we've got our challenges there as well. So and we need to keep the game alive. So when you sit on the board of EP Cricket, what's your role? I'm in charge of what they call Crickcom. So that is in charge. That's that's in charge of club cricket, schools cricket, anything that makes the game go around. Um, I'm not in the legal side. I'm not in the finance side. It's really to try and look after cricket. And you said you're coaching at Gray. Is is Matthew Briska coming from Gray? Yeah, Matthew. I had Matthew for um, probably uh, about five years, four four years of his career. I started when um, when he was in the grade eight, grade nine. And, um, yeah, I had him for five years. So he's a, he's an extremely good talent to have in the Eastern Cape. He's certainly been earmarked for the future, has been called up to the Proteas at training camp. Just what do you make of his talent and what kind of a player is he for those who, who are probably not aware of a Matthew Briscoe? We actually did speak to him about a week ago when we profiled him as one of our rising stars. Yeah, well, Matthew, Matthew is an extremely exciting player. He's got all the shots. Um, he is uh, very aggressive at the wicket. Um, he's something that you would look forward to in, in, in the modern game, in the T20, the 50-over game. Um, he scores at a nice run rate. And um, if he's going to stay where he is as an opening batsman, he'll always get the side off to a really good start. So, And that's what teams are looking for. If you look in the World Cup these days, most of the sides have, uh, get off to a really, really yeah. good start. And then the momentum just kept through those middle orders. And Matthew can do that for us, you know. So we, we're very excited about his... Um, you know, he, he, his future. And Luto Sipamla also came through at Grey? Yeah, Luto was exactly, almost exactly the same time. Um, I must say both of them left at the same time and it was quite a quite a sad day because they, for me anyway, because I've been involved with so, for the, uh, during their careers at Grey for about three or four years, both of them. Uh, Matthew started a few games earlier and then obviously uh, Luto came through towards the end. It's nice to see Luto come through because um, in his grade 11 year, he had a back injury, which put him back a little bit, mm-hmm. um, a stress fracture. But, you know, I always believe things like that come, they, they, they have probably happened in a, for a good reason, you know, and it just maybe delayed the, that whole sort of transgression into, uh, transform into, into in higher cricket a little bit, a little bit uh, slower, you know. And, and at that age, I mean, how do you how do you make sure that they keep calm under pressure, especially with a Matthew that's been identified uh, training with the Proteas and a Luto that's already been called up to the Proteas? They still twenty. They still have a lot to learn. Yeah, look, the, the the most important thing that I feel these days, and I mean, I was looking at a stat this week. I mean, you take a guy like Rabada at mm. the age of 20, 24, he's bowled ten thousand nine hundred balls in first. That class sounds cricket. like a lot. 
That's a lot. Sure. Uh, and you go down to all the fam- all the all the world's best bowlers at that at the age of twenty four. They were ra- they were uh, around about two and a half, three and a half, four, Ooh. five, and but as the modern game has come into play and we're getting more and more involved in 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 the game and there's more competitions and there's more IPLs, the bowlers are bowling more and more cricket. I mean, mm-hmm. bowling more more balls, and uh, unfortunately. Somewhere along the line, a guy like Rabada has to take a bit of time out or slow his pace down for for him to last longer, and that's the only concern that I have with a guy like Luto Sapamla as well as a as a bowler. He cannot carry on playing every single tournament and every single game for South Africa for the next ten years when he gets there. We have to try and burden that load a little bit. And with those youngsters that you're coaching at a Gray College, uh, Dave Kala, and I'm interested to find out um, which format do they prefer. Fair because um, now we've got the IPL, we've got the 20 over format where they can make so much money around the world. Do they still care about playing test cricket, about ODI cricket? Yeah, I think, look, for any cricketer, the ultimate is test cricket. It doesn't matter what you say, that is what you will. I mean, I take my own in my own case uh, in, in a scenario. I played 29 one day internationals, I would have probably swapped 28 of them for, for one test match. You know what I mean? Because that goes on to the records. So I think many cricketers will start off wanting to play test cricket. And then they will obviously, uh, and and they know to get there, they need to play 50 overs and maybe then at some stage make a choice between going through towards test cricket or otherwise going towards the one day. It all depends on the makeup. Unfortunately, in this country, we we tend to label uh, players too quickly mm-hmm. because we try and share the load out. So we say, oh, he's a T20 player or he's a 50 over player or he's a T20 player. We should try and keep the teams um, playing all formats for as long as possible. Before we talk Proteas, your 169 against New Zealand still stands out for me. It still lingers in the memory, Dave Callahan. And what did that? What does that knock mean to you? Did it? Did it? I remember speaking to Jonty Rose, and he said that run out against Inzaman Ulhak defined his career. I'm sure a lot of people remember you for that knock. Yeah, yeah, I think it definitely defined my career. Um, up until then, my high score was 45. I was averaging 24. Not that I averaged a lot more than that, but. Uh, I had an opportunity. Hansi Kronier woke up one morning and he just said to me, uh, you're opening. You're opening. <laughs> and I went, sorry. He says, uh, would you like to open? I, mean, I think he sort of looked at me and, he, and I just went, and I said, uh, definitely. And I, cause I realized that sport is all about opportunities mm-hmm. and somewhere along the line, you need to take that opportunity. And I was going nowhere up until then. I had played, you know, 20 odd games, had batted in the middle order behind some really great players. I was getting 10 overs here, 5 overs here. I wasn't getting anything to, to bat in innings and actually show off my skill. And uh, that in, in 1995, that was obviously the, the opportunity that I had. It was given to me and, and it defined my career, definitely. You also took three wickets in that game, but nobody, <laughs> not a lot of people remember that. They remember the 169 not out, right? 169 not out. I think it was 3 for 24. And also, I, I, don't, I don't know if many people I ran out on Martin Crowe. With, with with a throw as well, but he he was a little injured. He had one almost one oh. knee then. But I was a, I had a great game. But also, what was significant was that you just come back from from fighting a cancer. I mean, yeah. uh, how do you describe that fight? Yeah, look, I've been back a couple of years, but I think people um, when I said I had the cancer, that was earlier in my, a little, little a couple of years before that, mm-hmm. and I hadn't um, I hadn't really made a mark. Um, my cancer was in '92. This was '95. So I played a couple of games, 
Um, but I had, as I said to you, I hadn't really made a mark, and that's why it was so important for me to really, really uh, put in a good performance in, the, in that in that one year, yeah, or that or that opportunity. For those who've just joined us, we are catching up with the former pro tier, Mr. Dave Callahan. We're going to talk about the World Cup up next. We're just going to take a quick break, and if you uh, want to join our conversation, you're welcome to call us at any time right here on SAFM. I'll give you those numbers to call after this quick break. Okay, we are back talking to uh, Dave Callahan and that studio number to call. Remember, we're using a different studio tonight, so it's 0891-104-209, or you can drop us an SMS 41391. Unfortunately, we don't have the WhatsApp or voice notes option uh, tonight, so uh, please bear with us. Now, let's look at the pro tiers, Dave Callahan. How do you describe this World Cup? Five losses in seven. Yeah, look, it's, it hasn't been a great performance. It's uh, we all we all know that, and I really do. And I liked, I liked what the the coach earlier and said uh, on the the football coach had said earlier on. You know, we need to look forward and we need to go um, see how we can rectify this. We can't go back. I've just, I've just seen a couple of posts on 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 my Facebook and on Twitter and that, and I think people have become really really harsh and very very personal towards the players. I think the players have done their best. Uh, unfortunately, we should have known that once uh, once AB de Villiers uh, withdrew uh, last year or made himself not available, and whatever those circumstances are, we can't change that. But I think we should have taken a stance then and said, look, yeah, we're going to take a young side and we're going to breed them and get some young players into this team so that in, in four years' time, we've got guys that have played in the World Cup before and, and we can, and we can uh, maybe try and win it. There. Certainly with the side that we had this year, uh, even with staying there and he came home early, I think uh, he, he sort of passed his best. Uh, I mean, he's still a very, very good bowler and he probably could play another year or two. But he's passed his best. There was always that case of that injury that he was going to have. Um, unfortunately, Amla Dumini, I don't think Dumini played enough cricket before um, the World Cup. Um, and I and I do believe in a, sm- in, a, in a way that if you look at all the major teams, um, Australia, India... Um, except um, England, not mm-hmm. India. A lot of those, te- a lot of those teams, a lot of their players came back before the end of the they IPL. Came back early from the IPL. Yeah. Yes, we didn't. Our guys, our, even our captain, stayed right in the end. Played in the final. Flew home the following day. He was with the team up up in Table Mountain. So I also don't think the preparation was really good. Um, I think our players are distracted by money, um, and and there's just too much going on. And I really do believe that uh, that we we should have realised that we were not going to win this World Cup, and we should have taken a better team, or a younger team. Okay, let's go to Juicia on the line. Sia, good evening. Thank you for joining us. Uh, good, good, good evening, Travis, and good evening to your guest. Um, unfortunately, I, I never had the chance to to watch Dave, though I heard no many problem. things about him. Um, but on on the proteas, um, I disagree with him when he says. The, the players try their best. I, if, if, if this is their best, then they, 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 they must come back now. They don't need to play <laughs> the, the, the remaining games because we are going to lose. Um, two, I think, I think we, we must adopt um, the strategy of, of having two coaches in this way, the same way as we have two captains or three captains in the different formats of e- e- cricket. Because if, if, if you watch Otis Gibson, he's very good. He's a very good coach when it comes to test cricket. But when it comes to Iwan Days, Iwan Days, he's, he's, he's clueless. And we've seen against Pakistan, against India, and against so many teams that, that came here. 
So, so I think may, maybe because I, I, it would be sad for me to lose him because of the test, of the test, how how he does the test. Also, I think um, the, the 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 national selector he must come back and resign. Uh, the captain must come back and resign. It, it, it's pointless to say let's let's look to the future, whereas we we know that now currently the future is bleak. You understand what I'm saying? Yeah. So we, we, we need new players. Abu Ashim Amla, they they, they 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 must retire now. And Abu Abu this guy from Cape Town, I forgot his name, but he's not playing also. Okay, Germany. thanks for that. I think that's JP Dumin. I'm going to get into that, Dave Cullen, but I want to go back to the point you raised about A.B. De Villiers. When he came back on that day or the day before, depending on who you believe and said, I'm available, uh, was that the right decision not to take him? Yeah, definitely. I don't think um, at any stage um, you would have um, taken a player the day before the team has been announced and say, look, uh, some a lot of these players have been, and that's why I obviously... With the last caller, uh, you know, we can always disagree uh, or, and agree. But um, I, I liked some of his comments. I, I agree. Um, but there, as I said to you, I don't know any player in the world that will go onto cricket field and not try. Um, it will be this, what, what might make him not perform as good as, as well as he should be is maybe his, the, surra- the circumstances and, and what's happening around him, the team spirit and all mm-hmm. that type of thing. The team spirit's not great. You can see it by their reactions on their field. There are problems there, um, and that's why I think people think they're not trying. But as an individual, as a, as an individual walking out to a wicket to, to bat or to bowl, you're certainly not not going to try. That's definitely what um, you also need to take into into consideration the uh, the the ability of some of those players, mm-hmm. and say, look, some of those players. I mean, I, lo- I was watching the game last night, and I was looking at a guy like Faf, and I was saying straight away, Faf's not going to win us this game. He's got his fifty. He's need to get 100. He needs 120 to win this game for yeah, us. But he's got 100 so far. But he, nobody's got 100, and he's only good for 50, 60. But we need an AB or somebody that's got that ability to score 100 next him, and then he'll get an 80, and then we'll win games. So I think it's just the makeup of the side. Um, so the, yeah, I can see what I can see what some people are saying, but definitely um, we we just need. A, a, a better spirit. I mean, a guy like Miller, for instance, Van yeah. um, um Pethlequana, he's actually, I, I was reading a comment earlier on, Pethlequana and Chris Morris have probably been the, the stars of, of stars of the series, you know. Mm. Pethlequana got 40 yesterday, he batted really well. But you can imagine if he was in a situation where he couldn't get 40 and win the game, he would be a superstar. But we're not putting those middle order guys, um, and, and look, uh, uh, Miller is good enough to be, uh, he should be doing it more regularly. But if we put Bethlequina and Morris and Miller into a situation where they can they can score at six, seven runs, eight runs and over to win us a game, they would have been superstars. But we just didn't create that platform up front. What about the brand of cricket that was played, uh, Dave Callahan? I mean, there was a stat that was shown yesterday that I think the Proteas were the slowest scoring team in the first 10 overs. They just didn't seem to be positive and they didn't seem to play more than cricket. I mean, we saw Hashem Amla get 40 of 80 odd balls. What did you make of the brand of cricket? Have the Proteas gone backwards in some way? Definitely. I think, well, the, the the problem is that we haven't got the starts that we wanted to right up front. The opening batsmen haven't given us those starts. Even a guy like the cock who scores freely. I mean, yesterday he he was below par again. He didn't score uh, freely, didn't hit the bad ball. Um, and therefore, we, we 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 were too slow up front. And that and that sort of ended up that the, all our batters 
started to bat for their positions, batter for their places. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it just, it just became, it's just a snow, a snowball, you know, it just effect. It just got bigger and bigger in the situation. And then we're asking for too much for the, la- the bottom order batters to score. Interesting you mentioned uh, the fielding and, and you actually said what I think Coach Jeffrey Toyana had said in one of the Sunday papers that uh, the fielding talks to the team spirit in the team and I think that's why the Proteas were so poor in the field. Who gets who takes the responsibility for that then? Is it the fielding coach, Justin Ontong? Is it the players themselves? Yeah, look, I think it's um, it's ultimately the group. Uh, everyone has to look at themselves. Um, you, you can do as many, many fielding drills. I've always said during my coaching career uh, when I'm helping um, – it's, you can do as many drills, you can hit balls, you can hit catches, but what really makes a difference out there is the player's attitude. If the player has the right attitude and he wants and he wants that ball to come to him, he will field it correctly or he'll, he'll pull off a, a, a great catch or he'll kill, pull off a, a great stop on the boundary. But if you're out there and you have that little bit of fear or that little bit of doubt in you, the ball's going to come to you and you are going to make a mistake. And it'll, it'll end up that it looks like the the team is a bad fielding unit, which is, is at the moment. It's all about confidence at the moment. And what about the mental aspect? I mean, how much burden did the previous failures of the previous World Cups have on these players, even though the team said that they don't want to talk too much about what happened in the past because they were not there? Was that the right way to approach this World Cup? Look, I don't think... Um, I mean, we can talk about chokers. We can do all of those type of things. I think in this... This team that went there never thought about being a choking team. I, I think they were they were going there, and if they had a good opportunity with a lot of young players, they would have maybe gone a little bit further than they they, they did and maybe reached the semi-finals. And they were, I think, they were, would have been happy if they'd got to the semi-finals this year. Um, to be honest, with the team that they've taken, but they didn't take a really good side. And we, and I think it's it's as you can see, they they get, they, they could possibly lose. Um, win one game by, by the time they come back. Um, but I still believe they're going to pull off a victory in the last two games and upset the World Either Cup. Sri Lanka or Australia. <laughs> exactly right. <laughs> you did say when we started our conversation that we need to look forward now. Um, is the future bright for you? I did. I mean, if you look at some of the ages of these players, some of them definitely will be, uh, at least half of them should be at the next World Cup in India. Yeah, look, and there are a lot of, there are a lot of, um, there are a lot of players. The, the, the challenge we have is not... Not the players that are in the system. The players that we have there are the best that we have. That is, I cannot, I cannot uh, go back and say, well, we should have done this. Then, uh, possibly a guy like Reza Hendricks. I think he was very disappointed. Uh, it was very disappointing that they didn't find a place for him. Um, definitely, but for the rest of the players, I think we were close onto the best side that we could have taken. Um, my problem is who are we going to take then next next time? Is the system that we have in place? Um, and that means our, our system that we, 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 we got the Warriors, the Titans, the franchise system, there's talk of that falling away at the end yeah. of the year. After that, is the system not uh, is going to be good enough to uh, breed and get um, and produce test cricketers and one-day cricketers? I'm hoping it will be. Um, I think it's going to be a, a better system. I think it'll be a lot of local support in the new system because we'll go back to Eastern Province, back to Border, back to Natal. Well, the new names, obviously, yep. Western Province. Um, they're going to be a pr- automatic pr- uh, relegation and pr- promotion. So I think for cricket, that's going to... My concern is below that. Mm-hmm. Who is bringing on our young cricketers? Okay, if you look at all the... the 
I mean, when we look at the coaching staff at the moment of some of the other sides, and we look at Cook, and we look at Kirsten helping yeah. Bangladesh, and we look at Neil McKenzie uh, with yeah. Bangladesh, uh, when you start looking at other sides, we, we've just lost a Shane Berger, who's a very good coach from the inland. He's now mm-hmm. gone to coach Scotland. And we start looking at all these coaches that we're losing, plus some of these players. Um, it really concerns me. Are we, are we going to be competitive enough and are we to prepare in the, in the domestic cricket to be able to prepare our cricketers for, 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 for international cricket? And that's where I, I have a little bit of a problem and I am really concerned about that. Talking about the coaching, uh, Sia asked about the coach. I mean, his mandate was to win the World Cup, believe it or not, even though the Proteas have never won the World Cup. Is he then still the right man to take this team forward? Look, I don't, I, I don't, I, I really, I mean, Otis is a really nice guy. Um, I think he has, I think about two months, three months before the World Cup, I think the writing was on the wall. It sort of said, if you don't win the World Cup, yeah. you might, you're not going to have a new, you're not going to have a contract. So I think I would personally think he, he'd probably be looking somewhere else anyway. So I think after this World Cup, um, they're going to have a look um, at everything um, and reassess. And I just hope that it's not just whatever they do, it's not just looked at the players and the coaching staff. I think we need to look at Cricket South Africa itself as a product rather than just the coaches and the players. We need to look at everything and make a call on the going forward. There's been a lot of uh, scrutiny on uh, Dale Bankenstein, the bet, the bet, the bet, the betting coach. People felt that he came from a high school and he went straight into the national team. Where do you stand in that debate? Look at Dale. Dale's a very good cricket coach. Um, he's played. He's played the game. Um, he's played county cricket. He knows what he, what he's doing. And as I said to you, I don't believe that we can go right down to. Um, to the actual individuals batting and fielding and that I think collectively there needs to be a decision made on them all collectively and I, I really don't think a batting coach if you look what a batting coach does other than just mentally prepare uh, one or two players um, but ma- majority of the time they throw just they throw balls they build the players up they throw balls and they build the players up day after day and unfortunately, you go out there to bat as a batter, you get your, not your, your stump, middle stump knocked out on a regular basis. You can throw as many balls as you like. You're, when you're walking to that wicket, you are not going to be mentally strong. Mm. And that's the problem. We are not mentally strong at the moment. We've, uh, we've had our confidence knocked out of us. We don't know which direction to go. And that shows you, as we mentioned earlier, why are we batting so slowly? We're actually batting for our lives. We're not batting out there to entertain people. We are batting for our lives. And it's unfortunate. A few guys are on the wrong side of 30 now. Does this team need to change? I mean, you expect, obviously, Imran Tahir and JP Dumini have announced that they will uh, retire after, well, from the from the 50-over game anyway, after this World Cup. The likes of Hashim Amla now, there's a lot of sp- uh, the spotlight on him. Faf Duplessis said he will, he will stay. Do you see some of the senior players falling off now after this World Cup? Look, it's very important for the side to have a, a, a bit of balance. I think we need one or two guys to sort of put their hands up um, and say that yeah, they're, they're happy to stay. A guy like Faf maybe happy to stay. Uh, he, he might not stay as captain, but he might stay as a player and be able to sort of help the, the, the new, uh, new captain or, and some of the younger players. But definitely, I think going forward, we're going to have to look at breeding some new young players in, into the system. 
There's a comment here on Twitter that says we must consider playing spin bowling at school levels. Uh, how is the state of spin bowling in the country? Because we do rely a lot on Imran Tahir. And I can see Faf Tuplisi does believe in the spinners, but he probably doesn't have those spinners that he wants. But he's got an Imran Tahir who's now uh, 40 and, and, and leaving the team. Yeah, look, spin has always been a thing about South African cricket. We've never really played spin very well. Mm. We've had a few good spinners coming. Um, obviously, uh, Imran Tahir has been a, a, a really brilliant for us. Um, but we don't. We need to breed our own. And I mean, if you look back at all our spinners, um, the only other one was Ahoka Adams, who had a, a very <laughs> yeah. different technique. Uh, he, for a few seasons, upset. So, as a spinner, there's no point just playing a spinner unless he's something different. I mean. Let's face it, a leg spinner is something different, and if he can land it in the right spot and he bowls it a nice, at, at, the, at the right pace, he's going to be effective. But just to, have, just to have spinners for the sake of having a spinner is not going to work. You have to be something different. Somebody has just brought up that stat that you gave us earlier on of the number of balls, of balls bowled in all international cricket by the age of 24. And Kakhisora Bada, like you said, is way ahead of everybody else. Does it mean he's been overballed? Does it mean maybe, like you said, he should have been called back early from the IPL then? Yeah, look, remember, he came back early from the IPL through an injury. Because of inju- injury, yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, if you look at a lot of those bowlers, oh. a lot of our bowlers, are, but I think it's just the, it's the way cricket's been played. I mean, he plays IPL. He plays every single international. He plays every single one day into the game um, and every test match. So, uh, his workload, and, and you know what the difference is? The difference, if you look at some of the quick bowlers in, 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 the, um, in the World Cup at the moment, the quick, bowler, the quick bowlers are taking wickets, and, and, and Rabada is not taking wickets. And I, I haven't gone down into those sort of stats, but it would, be, it would be interesting to find out he's a quick bowler, and he can bowl quickly, but is he bowling as quick as he can? Maybe he's just tired. His yeah. body is tired and he just can't. So he cannot lift himself. He bowls within himself. He gets through his 10 overs, but he's just not bowling as quick as he can. And the difference now these days, the batters um, of today in, in today's game, um, medium paces, if you don't bowl in the right spot, they travel. They go for lots of runs. So you need to have that little extra, and I don't think Rabada at the moment can give us that little extra because he's just playing too much cricket. It's an incredible stat. Pollock bowled 3,500 balls as well as Makai Antini, and Rabada is on 10,900 balls at the age of 24. We have reached our time limit. Dave Callahan, it's been a pleasure talking to you. Lots of positive comments uh, coming through on social media, people saying that you are very sober-minded and they really enjoy their analysis. Thank you very much, sir, for coming to studio and joining us on SAFM. Thank you very much. It's been a pleasure to be here. Thank you.